Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. You know. Mike, I gotta start doing vocal warm-ups or something before uh, worship, because uh, I keep going there and... Uh, You know, hey, how y'all feeling today? Summer is here, right? Summer is here. Amen, amen, amen. Summer is here. I'm feeling good. The Lord is with us. Worship was good, yeah? Is, 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 it, is it Leolin? Is that right? Or Leolin? Leolin. Can I, can I give you a word? Can you stand for me? I just, I, um... I just tell me if this bear witness with your with your spirit. I just see um, I see two things at the same time. I see this um, uh, this prophetic unction that's over you, but it's a weird, it's a sneaky anointing. Um, it, it, it's a it's a it's a it's a coming through the back door anointing. It's um, so, so some people some people like when they got a prophetic anointing on their lives, the way you know is because they'll tell you and they'll keep telling you and they want to talk you into believing. And then there's people who like just make relationship and you think we're cool and then the word comes. And you're like, oh, wasn't ready for that one. And so I feel like the anointing on your life is such that you're not, um, like you don't have to broadcast it. You don't have to broadcast it. It's like it's, 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 it's evident for those who are looking for it and for those who have an ear to hear. I almost preached at a, at a, at a Matthew today, you know, those who receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, receive a prophet's reward, those who receive a good man name a good man, get a good man's reward. So how people receive you is what they're to receive. And I would really encourage you not to try to talk people who devalue you into valuing you. Right? And so that's, that could be a challenge because you know the blessing that you have, but you can't talk somebody into wanting the blessing. All you do is talk yourself into somehow trying to be Holy Spirit. And then it gets weird. And don't do that. Those who have an ear to hear will hear. And so I, I just, so the dual thing was there is this, um, there's this prophetic unction that is kind of sneaky that you don't have to promote. At the same point, you need to contend for and um, make sure that you um, are operating in spaces that celebrate you. Don't, don't, um, I just, I just feel like, and this could be Carl right now, this could be Carl, but I see um, how frustrating it is when people don't, don't, don't treat you at your value. I know how frustrating it is. You're like, is it pride? Is it me wanting to be in truth? But no, it's I'm being devalued by the people in my own life. And the people who I bless the most don't, don't, don't value the blessing that I've brought to them. And I don't understand what I'm experiencing right now. I feel like the Lord is like, yeah, part of that is, yes, yes, there is a humility and there's a way down the Lord. There's also a not casting your pearls before swine. I'm not calling anybody swine. I'm just talking about the principle of not wasting it on people who don't want to receive it like if someone could use this and I'm going to find the person who could use this and I'll bring it to them. I just believe if, 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 if someone won't receive the anointing, I'm like, that's all right, the double blessing for the next person who comes along, right? And so God is like this, this season of maybe frustration, um, maybe kind of wondering and wandering. The Lord is like, no, 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 I, I'm, I'm bringing you. I'm, I'm, it feels a little uncomfortable at times, but I'm bringing you to a place where you are able to stand up and say, no, I actually deserve to be um, honored and respected and treated a little better than this as a daughter of God, as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, the Lord told me to stop talking there. So that's the word I have in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. 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 If you got a Bible, go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 1. Hey, listen, we are in our new message series, Summer of Faith. Come on, somebody. This is the Summer of Faith. And I got to tell you, Mikey, I wasn't feeling it when God spoke it to me. I was not feeling like on top of the mountain, and I'm like, I'm going to drag people to the top of the mountain with me. I felt like the Lord spoke to me. This is going to be the Summer of Faith when I needed to hear that. Like, 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 like the Lord was speaking to me. This is going to be the Summer of Faith. And I said, all right, God. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll speak that word, even though I don't know what it means. I'll go ahead and speak it. So last week, was it last week, Pastor Tracy, that I announced that this is going to be the summer of faith? Last week, I just declared this is going to be the summer of faith. And, uh, I, and I was so happy. 
I was like, Lord, what if they ask me what that means after service? I don't know what to say. He said, just say it. I said, all right, I'm going to say it. And then nobody asked me. I was so happy because I, I, didn't, I didn't know. The Lord's like, I just, I just want to know that I can trust you to say what I want you to say. Keep playing now. Yeah, yeah. And so, and so I, just, I just said it. I just said it in faith. Didn't realize that I kicked off the summer of faith by acting in faith. Come on, you got a pastor who's hearing God right now. You know, he's get, getting stretched, getting, uh, getting discipled by the Spirit still. So we're, we're in Acts chapter 1, verse 4. I'm going to try to go short today. <clears throat> and um, uh, Acts chapter 1, let's read the Bible, shall we? Starting in verse 4, he says, Gathering them together. This is Jesus, the resurrected Jesus. This is like, if you haven't read the Bible yet, I just, spoiler alert, right? Things look ugly at one point, but he comes back from the dead. All right, spoiler alert. He's, he's, he's risen from the dead, and then he reigns forever in heaven. All right, that's the, and then the final, the final spoiler alert is we'll spend eternity with him, those who believe, amen? So gathering them together, this is the resurrected Jesus. <clears throat> he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now. So when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Jesus, Lord, is it at this time you're restoring the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or epochs which a father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive, let's say it together, power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and even to the most remote parts of the earth. Can you say amen to the reading of the word? Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Mikey. I appreciate you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I preach this scripture many, 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 many times. If I've been your pastor for a while, you heard this a whole bunch of times. But the Lord had me preaching it today, and I just find some things in here I want to share with you today out of the scriptures that I believe is going to kind of educate us on faith to uh, be provoking us to operate in faith and to expect what God would have for us in these coming days. I find it interesting that Jesus was now resurrected and he gathered the disciples to himself and he says to them, he wants to talk to them and he says, uh, wait for the promise. But, but, but not all believed, the Bible tells us. Some actually didn't have faith in what the Lord was saying, but the Lord was not concerned by that. Some believed and, and some didn't. Some had doubt. Some, some had confusion. We see at the end of the Gospel of Matthew when he gathered them together, he said that some, some were doubtful. <clears throat> but Jesus didn't stop talking because of their doubt. Here's what I want you to hear today if you don't hear anything else. Jesus does not argue with your doubt. He speaks to your destiny. You may have all kind of doubts in your life right now, and you're asking God, why have you not come through on this situation? What about this? What about that promise? What we... And God is like, hey, one day when you're traveling the nations, you're going to, and you're like, no, 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 I'm, we're, we're talking about rent right now. We're, 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 we're talking about how my, 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 my relationship. We're talking about the safety of my children. And Jesus is like, yeah, it's going to be awesome one day when you're in that home that you own. You're like, I'm, we're, we're, uh, I don't know, Jesus, do you? You have attention deficit, you know, hyperactivity disorder. Do we need some Ritalin happening here? Because you're not staying focused. Context clues, Jesus. What we're talking about is my need. And Jesus is just like, I'm not, I'm not focused on your need. I'm focused on your destiny. I'm not worried about your doubts. I'm talking to your destiny. You see, because in the words of Jesus come the faith to get where Jesus called you to. And so we need to listen to the words of Jesus so we can, we, can, we can get to where he has us. Because the frustration that so many people are feeling today because they're not on the path of destiny, or if they are, they don't recognize that Jesus has them in a place of discipleship, but they've turned the discipleship into disappointment because they're not learning what Jesus has for them to learn in that season because we think that God is not still moving in our lives because we don't see him today. Is this speaking to anybody right now? <clears throat> Amen. That's why right next to each other, one person today, while she was singing and, and, and the anointing was falling and people are getting caught up in the glory, one person is seeing destiny, they're seeing God, they're seeing the angel of revelation, and the next person is thinking, oh, it's a kind of warm in the room today. It's, uh, I, I can't wait till I get home and I get to go to the, the beach. One person is being, their lives being transformed into God's image, and the other one 
is just thinking about how oh, I wish I would wear clean socks. I think I could smell my feet right now. You know, right, right next to one another, there's two entirely different things. And the difference is faith. The difference is expectation from God who's being engaged with what God is doing right now. There is Jesus right there waiting for you to welcome him in today. He's waiting for you. He's knocking at the door. Hey, who wants who wants me to come in and change everything in your life? Let me ask you today, what was the destiny that Jesus was prophesying over his disciples in this passage of Scripture? We just read it. We read it all the time. Acts chapter one. We read it all the time. He says, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. You will be baptized in the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Right now, they're thinking, we had a movement, we had a school, we had discipleship, we had um, crowds, we had people who didn't like us, people who did like us, uh, but, but, but you got murdered, and now people want to kill us. I'm not sure what's happening. Jesus is like, you will be baptized in the Spirit. This is the destiny that Jesus is speaking to. You will be baptized in the Spirit. Now, if that's their destiny, it must mean something. Josh, if you could do me a favor and turn the lights when you get a second. It has to mean something. Jesus was speaking to a destiny that they could not see out of their own natural eyes. You've got to see this with the spirit. You've got to see this with your spiritual eyes. You need to have your, the revelatory aspect of your life has to be provoked and leaned on and, and, and trained and discipled and trusted in order to hear the word of Jesus for today. But so many aren't. There's a promise from Jesus to these people. You shall be filled with the Spirit. Now, this is, this, is not, this is something that had not happened in the past. You will be filled with the Spirit not many days from now. In the Old Covenant, the Spirit came and rested upon special people at special times. And the apostles made it very clear they knew they were not special. And so they didn't even expect the Spirit to rest upon them. And they had absolutely no theological grid for the Spirit dwelling on the inside of them yet jesus spoke beyond their understanding beyond their confusion beyond their religious customs and prophesied their destiny verse 8 you will receive power when the holy spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses both in jerusalem judea samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth they're just trying to get jerusalem together they're just trying not to get murdered in galilee and Jesus is like, you are going to go all over the world. Now, this is, this is a promise that Jesus made to them. We have to discern the promises God makes to believers today. We've got to rest in those promises. I'll talk about that in a moment. But we also need to recognize that the promises Jesus makes to us are almost always conditional. And we get disappointed that God didn't do what we thought God said he was going to do when we never met the conditions that God put before we could receive it. This was a conditional promise. There was, they were going to have to go to their appointed place of encounter. Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. But he told them to wait in the city of Jerusalem. Now, we know reading the Gospels that after the resurrection of Jesus, uh, he said that he would meet them in Galilee. And we know that he spoke with them there. And then he spoke with them in Jerusalem. And he told them to wait in the city until you're endued with power. I find that part of the Gospel a little challenging at times, the wait for power. It's so easy to not wait for power. And we think time is running out. And so I better do something in my power. And then we wonder why God's plan didn't come to pass when we put our plan into motion, expecting God to complete our plan with his plan. It just doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. It, it's, 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 he's like, God is so, like, he is so secure. God is like, you want your plan? Okay, that's, that's, that's not a problem. That's, that's not, you go ahead and do you. Let me know when you're done. Like, when you need me, I'll still be here. But, you know, you go ahead and do you. People in the Old Covenant, they keep reading the Old Testament. And they think how God was doing all these terrible things when through the prophets over and over and over again, he said, hey, guess what? I'm trying to make you monotheistic. And if you keep worshiping other gods, you're going to have to rely on them for protection. Guess what? They can't protect you. You will be overthrown. The only reason you got land is because I've been with you. But if you want that other God, you could have them. But he comes with oppression. He comes with getting cast out. He comes with your, your, your town being overthrown. He comes with enslavement. But if you want that, you can have that. And I'll come through in a little bit, but you can have that to let you know that you do not know better than God. We got to come to the place where we understand that God is God and I am not. And I need to hear his plan and I need to live according to his plan. They were going to have an encounter, but they had to get to the appointed place of encounter. 
Their personal encounter needed to mature into a personal mission. Hear me, they had an encounter with God, but that encounter needed to mature into a place of personal mission. So many times we see people who have these incredible encounters with God get up off the ground and you would think they might have left whatever happened on the ground because they went out and they just lived the same fool they were all week long before they came in here, wondering why their life has not changed because they have not allowed their personal encounter to turn into a personal mission. And these disciples were going to get filled with the Holy Ghost and power, but there was a mission that came along with it. You will be filled and you will go. You will be filled and, and you will go. In that place of encounter, they couldn't stay there. I want to live in the place of encounter, don't you? I really want to live in it. I want to, I, like what, what we just experienced in worship, I just want to lay on the ground and maybe bottle it up and take it with me. You know, in the Azusa Street Revival in the early 1900s, which really birthed the Pentecostal movement in America today, the, uh, the glory of God was so thick on the ground they could visibly see the glory of God. And it was so common that people would take mason jars to try to get mason jars of glory and bring it home. That's how tangible the Spirit was at that little stable that turned into the birthing place of revival in the United States. But you can't stay in that place of glory. You, 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 you got to leave. See, the problem was nobody on that mountaintop experience with Jesus needed the anointing from anybody else. Jesus was with them. The anointing was with them. They didn't, they didn't need a prophet, apostle, evangelist, pastor, and teacher in that place where Jesus was. They, 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 didn't, they didn't need to stay there because there was no requirement for their mission on that mountaintop. Everybody there was already encountering the resurrected Christ. Real power is displayed where it has the greatest need. Real power, real the fruit of your real encounter is where you need Jesus to show up. It's in your insecurities. It's in your neighbor who doesn't know God. It's where you love someone that you don't want to love. It, 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 it's when you say like, this person has used me four times, but I feel like the Holy Spirit is telling me to bless them again. And I don't want to. That takes the love of God to bless someone who has used you several times. Amen. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And you say, Jesus, I don't want to help this person at all, but this is the Holy Ghost of God convicting me. So Lord, I'm not doing it for them. I'm doing it for you. And if they, don't, if they do me dirt again, that's between you and them. Amen? Like, I just release it. And they think they got over on you. He's like, no, no, you didn't get over on me. You got over on Jesus. And guess what? He, he collects. He got a bill collector. He is long-suffering, but he's also coming back with a robe dipped in blood with a sword from his mouth. And I tell you, no one's going to spit on him like he did the first time. He's coming back with vengeance. <laughs> Amen? He's coming back setting some things right. And I'm like, all right, I'm doing this, but this is between you and God. Amen? Nobody there needed the power. Real power is displayed where it has the greatest need. And Jesus modeled this by coming to earth where we desperately, desperately needed the Messiah to show up. And through every struggle, Jesus knew that there was a crown waiting for him in heaven. Jesus knew that there was a reward to what he was going through on earth. He knew that what he was doing was not in vain, that people weren't getting over on him, that there was a reward that God was going to give him. And in, in, in the promise of God, there is a reward for obedience. Jesus had faith in action. And that's what he expects his di disciples to display. He expects us, his disciples, to have faith that is a verb. He expects us to have faith in action. He expects our faith to, to produce something in our lives that ministers to the need of someone Else, Yes, it's good to have faith for yourself. We need to have faith in God for us. But faith is greatest displayed for others. But faith, my friend, is active. Faith is active. Put it up for me, Josh. Faith is active. Nowhere in the Bible are there people who just believe in their hearts in Jesus. There, 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 there's, no, there's no just... just I just, I just have a personal relationship with Jesus, and I don't, I'm not really, you know, why don't you come to church? No, no, no my, 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 I have a personal faith. It, that's, you don't find it anywhere in the Bible. It's just between me and God. I, I, have, I have my own kind of faith. And the, the, the apostles would be like, no, actually, no, you don't have faith in God. You have faith in you. you a real faith in God would lead you to commune with other believers. A real faith in God causes you to display the apostles' doctrine. A real faith in God provokes in you a desire to see the Word of God come to pass 
in your life and the lives of others. It's important that as we respect people and their personal relationship with God, that we are educated enough to say, if you really had a faith in God, you'd be in church on Sunday morning. You wouldn't, you wouldn't just, it wouldn't just be a casual thing. You would value. See, what we do on Sunday morning, like I preach the word, that's good. I, I, I think it's good. I just, I, you know, I work on it pretty hard. I, I'm, I'm, you know, partial to my preaching. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not fishing for compliments. And I, I think it's good. I mean, and as good as it, and as great as this worship was, that, that worship was great. And we need to start our service with ministering to God. But that little thing we do in between worship and the preaching of the word, where we minister to the body, man, that is, that's the kingdom right there. That's kingdom right there. That's, 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 I came to church today with the need, trusting that somebody has a supply for my need. I came to church, man, I, I, Friday night, Saturday, Saturday night, I better sanctify myself because somebody may need that healing gift that's on the inside of me. And I'm trusting they're going to sit somewhere near me. And after the Apostles' Creed, I'm going to lay hands on somebody and they will recover. This is like, you like it's, it's great that you come to church. It's wonderful. And if you're at a place where you're like, I'm just, I'm just learning, pastor, I'm not sure. Great. But the Holy Ghost is here expecting you to minister in faith in that moment. Something has happened because faith is active. People are like, oh, hi. No, I'm, I'm looking for a healing. I'm looking for a breakthrough. I'm looking for the glory. I want to steal your angel if you're not using it. This is, what, this is how I think. <laughs> this is how Carl thinks. You got an anointing. You're not using it. Why don't you come on over here? I have, I have a history. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting off here. But let me just, I'll tell you this. This is going to weird some of you out. Others have heard it before. I like to go, um, I like to go, I like to go to places where God has moved in the past and they kind of moved on without him looking for bored angels. I'll be like, God, right here, just like, y'all ain't using any of that anointing that was assigned here. I'll take it. I'll take some of that right here. You can just come on over here and come with me. I'll get you active. I got something. I got work for you to do. I got something, I got something that you can, come on, y'all are bored. Come on. You ever see the bored angel? It is pitiful. Just be like, oh, you are bored. Don't, just, 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 just leave him and just come on with me. I got something for you. I got a friend who's dealing with addiction right now. You can come set him free. Come on, somebody. Like, I, I'm just like, let's go. Let's go. And I just believe that in this, in this summer, we're just going to see a heightened activity. I'm, I'm provoked. I am provoked. I just felt like in the last year and a half, the Lord has been laying a foundation for a solid biblical theological framework where we can be fully Pentecostal, but fully rooted in the word of God. We don't have to, we don't have to say, yeah, I know the Bible says that, but no, 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 no. I don't want to have two faiths, like a, like a weird faith and then a, a dead faith. No, no, I want one faith. The faith the Bible points toward that's alive, that heals, that delivers, that empowers. This is, I want, the, I want what the word says. Oh, Jesus. But in the, but in the Bible, if faith is active, people are obedient to Jesus. That's why they're called followers of the way. It's another verb. They're followers. We're actually following Jesus, not just following what I want. We're followers of the word. They received the Holy Ghost and they were following the lead of the Holy Spirit. When you read the book of Acts, People call it the Acts of the Apostles, which it is, but many others call it the Acts of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Ghost of God is leading believers all through that book to do things they never thought they would do. I love debating cessationists. It's one of my favorite pastimes. Um, <clears throat> people believe that the works and the gifts of the ministry of the Holy Spirit stop with the apostles. I'm like, what? I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, they're like, no, what you need is the word, brother. And I'm like, yeah, I see all that in the Word. I don't, what, what, what Bible are you reading? Like, well, how, how, what, what kind of glasses do you need to read the Bible and not see apostles? How, what, 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 what version of the Bible do you have that don't show healings? Like, when, when, did, when did Jesus stop doing things? Like, when, when, when did prophetic words stop? Like, oh, when the Bible came together. Really? Show me where the Bible says that. We're going to put this book together. You're not going to need God no more. Show me that. No, 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 no. Do not be fooled, new believer. Do not be fooled by these people who have rational, logical arguments that contradict the Word of God. I'm like, how are you going to cut out whole chapters of the Bible and call yourself a biblical purist? Oh, I have a high value of the, we, you got to trust in the authority of the Bible. My Bible says lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. What you talking about? Don't believe the Bible? Have such a high view of the Bible that I don't believe it? I don't know what you're talking about. I, I, I'm, that never did make sense to me. Make that make sense. Make it make sense. Just because you can't heal don't mean I can't. I had someone get offended one time. They said, you can't. I said, they said, you can't, you can't lay hands on the sick and recover. I said, no, you can't lay hands on the sick and recover because I can't. 
<laughs> I don't see it too many times. Like, oh, these are false signs. You're telling me the devil is healing people to glorify Jesus. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. That, what, what world does that make sense in? Tell me what world that makes sense in. Anyways, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm done with that right there. <clears throat> but as disciples, we have the ability to do anything God has told us to do. I'm going to say it again. As disciples, we have the ability to do anything God has told us to do. Anything he's told us to do, you could do. Because with the assignment comes the authority. And, and he gives us, he empowers us to do the things we could do. And so what we need is real faith. And so I want to do a real quick teaching and then we're going to pray. That, that's, that's what's going to happen. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good about ending on time today. I'm feeling, see, that's faith. It's faith working on the inside. Miracle working faith on the inside of your pastor today. We need faith. We need faith. But there's so many bad teachings on faith. There's more bad teachings on faith then there's good teachings on faith. There's, there's, there's teachings on faith today that look a whole lot exactly like new age people, look exactly like life coaches would teach. They look exactly the same. And it, and it goes something like this. Figure out what you want and then tell God you want it and then God's got to give it to you. I'm like, wait, wait, wait who's the God in this? Wait a minute, who, who's, who's the one speaking? Who's the one deciding? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, so are we, 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 like, I, I, like and, 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 did this work for you? And, 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 and do you want that to work for you? Let me just say this before I end. I'm sorry. I'm going to mute my phone. I don't know who would text me on a Sunday morning. Please let me just mute this. I got to, I'm working right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Chelsea was liking my text. I just got to put it out there. Thank you, Chelsea. Hallelujah. That's all right, Chelsea. If you in church text me, I'm all right with that. <laughs> But if you're not in church texting me prayer requests, I'm like, you should be where the prayer is. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, I'm on one today. Watch out. Okay, here we go. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Okay. All right, here we go. So, 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 so what we see in this kind of new agey kind of, I tell God, what I want kind of faith is um, it doesn't produce the righteousness of God. It just fulfills the lust of the flesh. And what we want, we want to learn how to surrender to Jesus in a way that produces faith that blesses those around us. And so what we see, um, faith, there's many aspects to faith. And I want to kind of give you, we're going to, we're going to breeze through this and we'll unpack it through the, through the month, through the summer as we get testimonies of overcoming. The first kind of faith I want to I I provoke you to is called believing faith. Believing faith. And if you're not taking notes, repent, take some notes. Right? What we need is believing faith. Right? Believing faith, we see in Mark chapter 1, verse 14 and 15, it says, Now after John had been taken into custody, this is John the Baptist, and he had been arrested, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God. Oh, the gospel of God. That's good news. And saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the good news. Now that word there, leave that up there for a second if you would. That word believe right there is, is, the, is the Greek word pistas. It's, it's, it's actually the present active imperative form. So it's like a command. Like that, that word pistas is word faith. It's the same everywhere you see faith in the New Testament. It's the Greek, some form of the Greek word Pistas. And I don't mean like a conjugate. I mean like it is either like the present, the past, the active, the imperative. But that is pistas. It literally is like the time is fulfilled. Kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. Faith in the gospel. This is called believing faith. This is believe. This is the prophet was telling them to turn from their sin in the old. Okay. All throughout the Old Testament. The prophet would come along and he would talk to them. Thank you, Josh. You can take it down. He would, he would, the prophet would show up and say, listen, y'all need, need to repent and follow God. You need to repent and believe in the one God. This is what they would say a lot in the Old Testament, but that's not the same kind of belief that Jesus is commanding us to have. Jesus was telling them to abandon their way of life and trust him for a new one. In the Old Testament, they were saying, turn from your sin and return to God, but in the New Testament, Jesus is saying, abandon your old way of life and trust Him for a new one. Let me contrast it again. In the Old Testament, the prophet would say, repent of their sin and do what is right. 
Right? That's the Old Testament mind. The Old Testament mind was, I'm not doing the things I'm supposed to do, and therefore I am in sin. I need to stop doing the wrong thing and start doing the right thing. Now, a lot of people who haven't received the Holy Ghost, they try to put that in Christianity. That's why they try to put rules on you, or they make up rules, or they, they make up all kinds of stuff to add to the gospel. This is what Galatians is talking about. If you've been studying Galatians, I've been in Galatians myself, and in Galatians, he's trying to say, listen, you think that faith is perfected by your works, but it's not. It's not perfected by your works. This is believing faith is different than the Old Testament type of faith. What, what Jesus says here is, um, this is not something you can do on your own. You can't have believing faith on your own. And in the Gospel of Mark, for Mark, faith means more than just believing in the good news. I grew up believing that Jesus was Lord. I, I knew that my whole life. You know, if, if you grew up in any what, even a Christian adjacent home, you know the gospel, right? Like you, you've heard it. You know Jesus died on the cross for sins. You know God loves you. You know that. But you don't have faith in it. Faith has not come alive yet. You don't have believing faith. You may know it, but you don't have believing faith. And for Mark, as he writes in the gospels, it's more than simply believing the good news of the kingdom. It also implies baptizing yourself into the good news, living it, and living your life from that. Like this now, I have believed it. This is the core of who I am. What, the, the, the very locus of my being is now in the gospel. It is in this good news that Jesus Christ died. He was born from a virgin. He lived without sin. He died a sinner's death. He was raised up on a cross and He bore the sin of humanity. He died on that cross. They took Him down. They buried Him in a grave. And the Father, by the Holy Spirit, raised Him from the dead. And He ascended into heaven at the right hand of the Father. And He is returning back for me. This is the Gospel. He is returning back for us. The Father raised Him from the dead. And this faith in that message is believing faith. In 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it's the same thing. He says, we walk by faith, not by sight. There is this believing faith. This, I believe in the gospel. Part of the reason the Bible gives us to get water baptized, there's, there's many, I've written a paper on this, but what, one, of the, one, of the, one of the purposes of our water baptism is when you get saved and you get baptized in water, there's going to come times when the devil starts lying, and lying to you, telling you, ah, that wasn't real, that was just a moment. You didn't really get converted. This is all just kind of fake. And, the, and we can look back to our water baptism and say, no, 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 actually, I've been baptized into Christ. I am now one with Him. I am now loved by the Father. I've been accepted into the Trinity. My future is decided. He's coming back for me. This is part of the reason we get water baptized. And someone even gives you a certificate. You can look at it on your wall and say, no, actually, no, I've been baptized. Let me tell you a story. I was debating telling you this story. I've told it before. I have a friend. Uh, was a pastor of a church, and uh, he had a divine appointment with a woman who was who was um, in a in a in a coven, and not just like you know what the evangelicals everything's witchcraft these days, but she was a real witch in a coven. She was actually a slave of a, another man in this coven. She had made a pact with her warlock, and she was a slave. And he had this divine appointment with her, and he began to disciple her, and uh, and she was not sure how she was going to get away. And he just preached the gospel, and she says, "I don't know." And he kept preaching the gospel to her. And then finally, she, 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 it came alive to her. And she got gloriously saved. And she says, I need to be water baptized. And he water baptized her. And, and this warlock kept chasing her down, trying to get her to come back. And wasn't catching up. And she could tell the warfare was happening. And one Sunday morning, he told me the story. One Sunday morning, the woman was in church. And the warlock came in the back door. And came in. And he said, she is mine. This is what he said. This is the true story. She's mine. And he looked at her, and the man looked at her, and then the warlock looked at the pastor. The pastor looked at the warlock, and he said, did she get water baptized? He said, yep. He goes, she's yours. And walked out the room. That's conversion, what the Bible calls full conversion. Amen. The warlock knew that that demon that lived in her was no longer there because she belonged to Jesus. That's believing faith. Amen. 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 That'd be a good story if I made it up, but it's a real one. <laughs> That's not just a preacher story. This is a verb, this I believe. I believe. This is why we declare the Apostles' Creed at the beginning of the service. 
I just I've, I've flowed in prophetic circles for so long. I've seen so much weird. I'm like, we're going to have the Apostles' Creed and we're going to stand on the historic faith in this church. I'm not standing on, you know, sister so-and-so's feeling in her gut. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not standing on Bishop Willie Wonder's, uh, you know, thing he wants to do. We're not, we're standing on the word and the tradition. This is what we're doing in this house. And through that, we're going to see all kind of miracles. I have, uh, you, I have believing faith when I received the Lord Jesus. And, and, and this is, there, there is one way to the father and that's through the son and this believing faith, right? I, I'm, I'm hitting this because some of you need this believing faith. That you are saved and that is not tenuous. Jesus is not going to accidentally drop you out of his hand. That's, that, that's not how it works. It's not like you got, you got saved, but your, your salvation is like mm, 30% and uh, it might wear off if you don't keep the subscription alive. You know, that's, that's, not, that's not how it works, right? This is not like salvation as a subscription uh, type of you know, service like software is today. Like, th- th- like he now owns you, right? And Jesus said, I'm not going to lose one the Father has given me. But that's, that's not the end of the journey either. You get, you get this believing faith. I know that I know that I'm saved. I know that I'm going to heaven. I know that Jesus died for me on a cross. That is real to me. I know that I know. I can speak in this language. I know it. My old pastor used to say, I know it in my knower. Like there's a, in my knower, I just know. Like there's things in my life that I know are never going to change. I will love my kids forever. I just know that. That's they're my children, and I'll do whatever I need to do for my kids. I know it. I know that I'm married to Tracy, and I'm going to stay married to Tracy. I know that Jesus Christ has saved me. I know that I am saved from sin and death by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But this knowing, this believing faith, it matures, I believe. It matures into trusting faith. There is this trusting faith. Now, most of the writings of Paul, when he uses this word, this Greek word, pistas, put it up there, trusting faith. Well, when, when he uses this word, pistas, this is the kind of faith that Paul most talks about. Paul, for Paul, faith is a response of trust that is the default meeting. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, this is the kind of faith that starts to stretch you, if I could be honest. This is the kind of faith. In, in, in Mark 4, there's this story. And, uh, the disciples got a word from Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Josh. Disciples got a word from Jesus. And Jesus said, hey, we're going we're gonna to go. We're going to go to the other side of the river. We're gonna, excuse me, the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And uh, the Sea of Galilee, it's not as big as like Lake Okeechobee, but, but you can't quite see the other side. It's, it's big, but it's, it's not massive, but it, it's big enough. And so Jesus said, hey, we're going to get in a boat and we're going to go to the other side. And the disciples hear this. Like, we just take the Word of God so lightly. We don't, we don't value it like we should. We just, oh, God just spoke to me. I put it in my journal, put it away. No, no. The King of Heaven just spoke to you. That, like, first of all, are you sure it was Him? Because if He's told you something different every day this year, it might be your imagination, right? Let's just be honest. There's a lot of prophetic words out there. I'm like, oh, that's, that's really good. It, it wasn't from God, but it sure sounded good, right? We have to discern these things. We have to discern by the Spirit. Right. Like if you if you never received a word and said that ain't God, then then you don't trust anything you heard. Right. I'm just saying. Anyway, so Jesus said, we're going to go on the other side of this, this, um, this, this lake, the sea. And um, and while they're in the boat with Jesus, a storm came and um, it, it's, it's not a big problem when you have your boat in a storm. There is a problem when the storm is in your boat. Right. And so the Bible says that it began the boat began filling with water. Right. It's like like the church is supposed to be in the world. We got a problem when the world is in the church. Right. This is this is this is this is the problem. Right. You hear what I'm saying. And so the, so the problem was the storm was getting in the boat and uh, they started getting a little nervous because faith was supposed to be in the boat. But the storm was in the boat. And so they were a little nervous. They woke up Jesus because the storm wasn't in Jesus. Jesus was in the storm, but the storm wasn't in him. And so they woke up Jesus. They're like, well, at least we know where to go for some peace. And so they wake up Jesus, and they're like, hey, Jesus, I don't know if you know this, but we're all about to die, right? God, I don't, I don't want to interrupt your nap, but do you, have any, do you have any last words before we all drown, right? Like, let's just go down together. And Jesus is like, oh, man. He says to them, Jesus got up. He rebuked, watch this, not the disciples. Jesus rebuked the wind and said to the sea, quiet down, be quiet, right? Right? Shut your mouth, right? He said, hush, be still. And the wind died down, 
and it became perfectly calm. And he said to them, to his disciples, why are you afraid? How is it that you have no faith? Now, if I were in a very small boat in a very big body of water and the storm was in the boat, I would be very scared. Unless the Lord told you you're going to get to the other side of the, the river, the other side of the lake. You hear what I'm telling them? They had a word they were going to get to the other side of the lake. He wasn't just, he, hear me, if you deal with anxiety, this is not God rebuking people for having anxiety. Don't, don't ever let me, like, 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 we got enough problems in this world feeling bad about feeling bad about the problems. We don't need, that is not what the church is for. Amen. Like it is, it, anxiety is not sin. Anxiety is something to be overcome. Right? Through counseling, through medication, through kicking the devil out your life. Like, one way or another, it's to be overcome. Right? It's not your personality, but it may be an aspect of your personality right now that God wants to fix. Don't let people, oh, like, make you feel bad for feeling bad. That, that's not helpful. That's just not helpful. Amen. Like, oh, I just have faith. That's not helpful, right? Oh, God, I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling a pull, but I don't want to tell it right now. And so, and so, but Jesus said, why didn't you have faith? Faith in what? Jesus spoke to them. They were going to get the other side of the, 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 the sea. Why didn't you have faith? I gave you a word. Did you not see the miracles? Did you, why, why don't you have faith? See, he's not talking about saving faith here because they weren't saved yet. They, they, there was no resurrection, so they hadn't, they hadn't been saved. What he was talking about is trusting faith. I gave you a word. Why have you not trusted? Now, this faith takes place in your will. It takes place in your heart. This faith is contrasted with fear. Wherever you have fear, God has some faith for you. We need to be seeking the word of God in every place of anxiety. Now, now, now if, you, if, you, if you robbed Walmart and um, the trial is coming up, and they got you on video. Don't, don't, don't rebuke the anxiety because you're going to jail. Like that's what's going to, that's, that, that's, 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 that's called reality. That's like, that's like reality has come. Like it is time for, to pay for what you did. That, that is not like, oh, I'm going to have faith. I don't know what you have in faith for. I hope it's not to stay out of jail because if you robbed Walmart with a gun, I'm praying you go to jail and just get your life turned around because I don't want to go to Walmart with you, right? Like let's just be honest. I don't want to be in Walmart with people pulling out guns. I don't want to be anywhere where people are pulling out guns. Like, I'm not praying. People are like, oh, pastor, can you pray with me? I'm like, sure, I'll pray with you. What do you need? Well, I, I did this to my wife, and I cheated on her, and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, um, I hope she ain't staying with you through all this drama. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what you want me to pray for, uh, but I'm praying for you to change. I don't, I don't, like, I may word it as fancy as I have to for you not to understand it, but what I'm praying is that you change. I'm not praying that she put up with your nonsense longer. That is not what I'm praying. Anybody hear what I'm talking about? See, so, but, so, but we have a trusting faith. We trust in what God has said to us, and we don't allow this fear to come and rob us. See, this is, this is, this is, this is, oh gosh, there's no way I'm start finishing early today. This is, this, this is what has provoked me as God has challenged me to begin walking in faith this summer. This, this fear, that this attack of the devil is what it is. There has been a demonic attack, a, a, a onslaught. It's been nasty, and I have watched it, and I've watched so many of you think that it's you. You think it's your neighbor. You think it's something. It's the devil. The devil has come and sown fear, sown confusion, and God has gotten you to a place where he can show himself mighty. And he's waiting for you to just operate in faith over fear. You hear what God has said, and you stand on that Word, Romans 1.17 says, For in it the righteousness, talking about the gospel, for in the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, that is, is written, but the righteous shall live by faith. Faith, trusting in God. Man, we got wars happening. We got financial issues. We're in South Florida. The housing market is just stupid. Amen? It is stupid right now. It is, it is sinful how people are taking advantage of every single dollar they can. This is, this is not the kingdom. This is not the gospel. There are pressures in South Florida to try to measure up. People want you to be something than other than who you are. Man, you may be thinking about retirement. How am I going to retire? You may be thinking about how am I going to get a car? How am I going to get my new house? And God is telling you, hey, I need you to trust me in this. And amen. And, and, and if God is telling you, I need you to trust me in this, 
Man, we need to do everything we can to protect that word in our life because the devil wants to come and sow some fear so you won't hold on to God's promise and see it come to pass. The Bible talks about the little foxes that come along and they get they nibble at the vine before the full grape can come in. This is the devil comes to try to steal the word as Jesus talked about in the parable of the sower. It comes along and the birds of the air steal the word of God so that it can't come to fruition in your life. And the Lord is saying today we need to protect those words, those seeds. That's why I don't let everybody prophesy over me. Because I don't need you sowing confusion in my life. I, I, I don't need another prophetic word. I got enough prophetic words right now. Thank you very much. I got plenty that I haven't seen fulfilled yet. I don't, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not looking. I'm not shopping. I'm not, I'm not searching for. I'm certainly not paying for a prophetic word in this season of my life. Come on, somebody. Because uh, I got some prophetic words I'm standing on right now. I don't need you to sow confusion in my life. I don't need that. I mean, now, if you need a prophetic word, I'll have a line over here. I'll take cash app. No, I don't do that. I'm just. I mean, I do. But no, that's not what I'm. That's, I'm, that's not. Don't do that. Don't buy, don't, don't buy those things. That, that's a bad idea. It's a bad idea. God's not in it. But we need to hold on to what God told us. People are like, oh, I'm blessed. God's plan. Like, th- that blessing may not actually be a blessing. We need to hear what God wants to bless us with. Amen. We, we have a blessing when we follow God's plan. In the hard times, you can say it. Man, God's got a plan for my life, and I'm going to see it come to pass. I'm going to stay faithful. I'm going to trust it. He's going to bring me through this. Oh, Jesus. All right, you're going to have to just give me a couple extra minutes today. In Jeremiah, I, want to, I have this word that has been kind of bubbling in my spirit. In Jeremiah, all throughout the book of Jeremiah, uh, the prophet, it keeps like, he is a long-suffering prophet. And he keeps telling them, hey, this is not going to work out the way you want it to work out. Like, you think you can do whatever you want because things were going well. Things were going well at the time. And when things go well, I find that God becomes not as important to many people. When things are going well, like pressing into God is not as vital. Attending church, oh, things are good right now. Oh, we got the beach is calling, and you know we got Disney. And I'm like, oh God, call Disney when you're in sick bed. Let's see if let's see if uh, Mickey Mouse shows up and prays for you. <laughs> let's see if Donald Duck comes along when you ain't got no rent money and needs somebody to pray you through. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think Magic Mountain or or Sea World or the, you know the whales aren't going to come and kind of help you along. This is it's like like we need to be active in the good times. In the bad and 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 in Israel and Judah, they 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 both would have this problem that like when things are good, they would stop following God. And Jeremiah, the prophet, went through some hardship and he kept prophesying to them. Y'all are not following God. And so things are not going to go well. And they're like, you're so stupid. Like things are good. What are you talking about? Things aren't going to go well. And he's like, things are not going to go well. Things actually you you're running out of chances. You're running out of chances. You're running out of chances. And they said, let's just let, let's get this guy and let's 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 kill him. Let's let's do something to him. And at one point, they uh, Jeremiah says, here's what y'all here's what y'all need to do. This is my last prophecy for y'all. The Chaldeans are coming and they're going to destroy this whole country. What you need to do now is just run to them and become their slave, because if you don't, they're going to murder you. Anybody who's still here when they get here is going to get killed. And so you want to go now and become their slave. And they said, oh, yeah. And they threw him in a well. Right. And so what happened was the king of Babylon comes in and finds out about this and they go and they get Jeremiah out. The unbeliever, they get they get a, a non-believing nation to rescue Jeremiah because Jeremiah is so faithful to God. Right. So God will use the craziest things to bless you in your craziest seasons. He will use the craziest things to bless you. But that, that's not the word I want to share with you today. Um, <clears throat> so God says this. He says, listen, uh, t- just write this down, Jeremiah, because here's what's going to happen. They're going to be enslaved by the Chaldeans. But after 70 years, like because they weren't faithful to me, they're going to be enslaved by the Chaldeans. But after 70 years, I'm going to punish them for doing my people wrong. And you're like, wait, what? Like, oh, no, because they weren't faithful to me, they have to be overthrown because that's how it works. But I will trouble those who trouble you. And the word Lord told me to share that with you today. The Lord is going to trouble those things that trouble you. You see, there are things that have come against you in your life. There's people who have come against you. There are circumstances and they think they're lording over you. And they're troubling your life. They're causing problems. They're continuing to be forces against your marriage or against, against your business or against your ministry. And, the, and it's coming and, and you think like, is this ever going to end? And the Lord's like, after a season, I am going to trouble those things that trouble you. Do you receive that today? God is coming through with His recompense, the Bible says. And He will serve those who come against His body. God knows how to protect His. God knows how to protect His. So we have to have, trouble, we have, to have trusting faith. 
And the third type of faith I want to talk about today that I'm praying that we move into is called, put it up, Josh, obeying faith. Obeying faith. Now hear me. Those of you who are mature in the faith and you disciple people, you try to get them straight from sinner to obeying faith. What we're doing is we're teaching them legalism. We got we to gotta know where someone is at so we can disciple them to where they're going, discerning where, where their faith level is at now. And so we start telling them, you got to do this, and you got to stop doing that, and you got to stop doing this. And we just give them law, and we don't get them to the place where they can mature to obeying faith. We need to hear God with people so we can help them discern the voice of God so they can go from believing faith to trusting faith to obeying faith. Amen. That's a good word right there, Pastor. So, so, so the Bible tells us faith without works is dead. And we all should be operating in some level of obeying faith. For Paul, this is faithfulness. Paul often, when you read Paul's um, letters and you see the word faithful or faithfulness, that's pistas, that they decided is, means faithfulness. This is the same word in all these examples, pistas. It's the same Greek word in all these scriptures. And for Paul, this, this is, it's, it's, like, it's, like a, it's like a muscle. Faithfulness is like a muscle that you have to build up. It's hard to be faithful sometimes in a, in a world where people get ghosted at the first offense. Like, you're not, we're not training a young, younger generation to be faithful. We're not training a younger generation. Keep your friend group small and keep your friends. Instead, we say, you know, have 10,000 followers and ghost anybody as soon as they offend you, not understanding why they're not coming to church when things aren't getting a little good, right? Like, when things are a little rough, they walk out on God because they've not been taught faithfulness. Because some of us as parents have ghosted some people who did us wrong. And so we've taught our kids, like, this is... This is, oh, you just, 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 oh, I dust the dirt off my sandals and I leave there. No, actually, you needed to work that issue out. You needed to stay and, te- like, oh, Jesus. There's some people who, who did you dirt and ghosted you, and it will return to them. This is seed that they have sown that will return in a time when they're going to be crying, oh, God, why is this happening to me? And they're going to bring back when they did you wrong. They're going to bring, bring God's going to bring back when he, they did the house of God wrong, when they, did the, when they did the work of God wrong, when they came against your ministry, against the word of God over your life, when you're trying to press on for God's glory and they're coming against it. And they're going to wonder, where's God in, your, in their day of trouble? Well, this is what you believe, right? You believe that it's okay to, to ghost people. Well, I'm just letting you know what that's like. Well, that's, just, that's just a word. You can just hold on to that or not. That's just, you know, that's just, that's just a little something the Lord spoke to me. See, loving people enough, like what we need to do is let this faithfulness of God turn into us loving people enough to, 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 to share our faith. Obedient to God enough to say, I know this is going to feel weird, but I have to tell my God story to these people around me so they can have believing faith. Like God, it's impossible to have obeying faith and not be sharing your story with people around you. It is impossible for you to be operating in obeying faith and God not be part of your conversations with people. It is not possible for you to have obeying faith and you separate your church life from your life life. It's, it's not possible because obeying faith, God is telling you, hey, this person got a need and you got a word. This person's discouraged and you have encouragement. This person's in fear and you have faith. This person is depression and you have a word of, of, of exhortation. Like it is not possible for you to have obeying faith and not be, not be meeting the needs of people around you. It is just what the Holy Ghost of God provokes you to do. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It just, it just, you're like, I, I don't know why I wanted to tell you this, but I just have to, I have to tell you the story of mine. They're like, oh my gosh, that's what I'm going through right now. This is, this is fruit of obeying faith. Now, now the Bible, there, there's no such thing. I'm almost done. Let me get, let me get the band to come up if you would. I'm almost done here. Praise God. This is faith in action. This is faith in action. This is us living our faith. Is this making sense to anybody? Am I connecting with anybody right now? This obeying faith, this is, this is faith in action. This is, this is where God wants us to move to as a body. Where, where it's not just me and God, and it's not just me and God and my bills. It's, it's me and God and the people in my life getting touched by the gospel that's on and in me. This is, this is, this is, this is why we gather for the body ministry. This is why we, this is why we spend time with God so that we can hear Him very clearly. This is, this is why we spend time in the secret place hearing Jesus. This is why we attune our ear to His voice 
so that we can just be so in tune with God that we don't know where God ends and we begin. We're just the Word of God bubbles up in us when we're not even expecting it. I want you to, I want you to pray this week. I want you to spend time with God and I want you to expect Him to be present. Remember, He said this. It's not for you to know the times or epochs or the Father has given by His own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. If the Holy Ghost has not come upon you yet, I want you to stick around after service. We'll pray for you. Allow the Holy Ghost of God and power to come upon you. Oh, Jesus. And faith be imparted in the name of Jesus. Nowhere in the Bible do we see believers who aren't disciples. And disciples are witnesses. He said, you shall receive power and you'll be my witness. Shall be my witness. Jesus said this in Mark 13, 11. When they arrest you and hand you over, do not worry beforehand about what you're going to speak. But say whatever is given to you at that time. For it's not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Don't you want the Holy Spirit to speak through you? Don't you want the Holy Ghost to use you as the mouth of God? I mean, it is. It is. It is. Oh, it's the most beautiful thing in the world to experience. But, there, but that, that persecution today, we're, we're not necessarily put in front of courts. Not necessarily, you know, in the Middle East where they're going to chop off your head. It's this spirit that says, don't talk about Jesus. Don't talk about your testimony. And in the midst of that fear, you, you, you begin to share what God has done for you. You're like, I, I don't know why. I just started going to church and things just started getting better in my life. Things started lining up. Come on, somebody. Yeah, yeah. One class, we all clap. Come on. You just bring it up in conversation. Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, you, you ought to come. You ought to come. You ought to come. God is doing something. This week, I got this on our, uh, you go on our Instagram page. This is pinned to our story. But I want you to pray these three things this week. Turn the music down just for one, just one moment. Just turn it down. Not off, just turn it down. I want you to pray these three things this week. First one. What does God want me to believe? Some of you got some lies trapped in your heart. You got some lies choking out the promise of God for you. Don't stop playing now. You got some, you got some lies choking out the promise of God in your life. What is it God wants me to believe? What, what do you want me to believe? What scary things do you want me to believe? Number two, where does God want me to trust? Stand with me if you would. <clears throat> Number three. How does God want me to obey? How does God want me to obey? I want you to, I want you to spend time with God in the secret place this week. I want you to pray these three things. What does God want me to believe? Where does God want me to trust? And how does God want me to obey? And God is going to speak to some people. God's going to speak to some people this week. Everybody in the room, stand to your feet. We're going to worship here in a second. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, we're going we're to sing for a moment, and I'm just trusting that the Holy Spirit of God is going to come in the room, and He's going to touch people in a significant way. And He's going to begin to speak to you.
Oh, Jesus. Come on, just for a moment. Just talk to Jesus for a moment. Come on, just talk to Jesus. Keep playing, Mike. Keep playing, Mike. Come on, just begin to, just begin to pray in the Spirit kind of quietly right now. Holy Spirit, we welcome you right now to challenge our faith. Holy Spirit, we, 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 we ask you right now that you would come and touch us. Holy Spirit, we ask right now that you would come and you would move in our hearts. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come right now and begin to challenge what we believe, the lies that are trapped in our hearts. For some of you, the Lord is about to give you saving faith right now. Believing faith is going to come upon you. Others, God is about to remind you of trusting faith. And still others, God is going to provoke you into obeying faith.